0: Welcome to Radical Resilience, the podcast. I'm your host, Pega Kadkodian. Resilience is more than just learning to bounce back from adversity. It is both a spiritual and practical journey of returning to the essence of who you are. With Radical Resilience, life can throw anything at you, and no matter how tossed around you get, no matter how hard you fall, you have the ability to get back up and come home to yourself. Here are the inspirational stories of women who embody Radical Resilience and learn the resources you need to reclaim your passion, purpose, and power. Hello and welcome to Radical Resilience, the podcast. This is Pega Codian your host. I'm really excited about today's episode because I have a guest on bringing a different perspective into the conversation. I was on this Gentleman's podcast last week. And on that podcast, I realized that I really wanted to welcome his perspective into this conversation. He had some pretty cool things to say. We seem to be aligned and I really wanted him to bring a male voice into the conversation. He really has some amazing things to contribute in the space of passion and purpose. So I'm really excited to introduce you today to Greg Chapman from the Gentleman Gorilla. Welcome, Greg.
1: Hi, Pega. Thank you so much for having me on today. I have to say I'm pretty excited at the idea of kind of um, breaking your gender role rules for your show.
0: I love it. So, uh, Greg, tell us a little bit about The Gentleman Gorilla and your business, first of all.
1: Okay. Yeah. So The Gentleman Gorilla is kind of an embodiment of my personality. Basically, I've always wanted to kind of just run a big company and be in marketing and run a company, CEO, powerful position leader. But then through a few years of um, kind of figuring out that that's not really exactly who I am, I decided to kind of turn uh, my company into a business that helps other businesses. And I purely focus on what can we do that will be the most beneficial for helping other people grow faster. So Basically, we just take in other businesses, people that are starting business. They might already have one going, um, and they just need some help in different areas. And we figure out ways to help them, whether it be with marketing, um, sales, training, organization, accounting, uh, motivation, um, personal development, um, which you're very familiar with. And then we just kind of take it from there.
0: Awesome. And you know, so many of our listeners are in that entrepreneurial space, or they are running other people's businesses and could stand to have extra support. So I'm really glad to have you on the show and certainly we'll share all of your information in the show notes for everybody um, should they want to uh, take a closer look at your offerings and and what you can provide them. But really what I want to get into is um, when we were uh, chatting, when I came on to your podcast, you told me that you were writing a book and it had to do with discovering your life's purpose. And of course, my ears perked up because one of the primary pillars of the radical resilience transformation process is reclaiming your identity and uncovering your dharma, which is just another word for saying your purpose. And so I wanted to hear your perspective on that because I know you're, you're writing a book. So tell us a little bit about, first of all, this creative process because you're still in the process of writing this book and what inspired this particular topic
1: it's very um touching that you found what my book's topic is to be of interest to you i haven't really talked about it with too many people yet so it's called create your purpose quick cliff notes is basically you run through and basically it's about deciding who you want to be And then from there, understanding who you are right now and then the steps to become the person that you need to be in order to become that person that you want to be. And it's kind of based on the philosophy that all human beings on the base level basically work the same. Um, The universe kind of operates the same for everybody. The rules of action creates reaction. And from there on, you can get bigger actions and reactions and create bigger change. Um, And so it kind of plays on that of just saying that it is entirely possible to take whoever you are right now and become whoever you want to be based on just kind of realizing that that's how everybody else did it. They just decided they wanted to be somebody and then they become it.
0: So here's where I see the parallels and I'd love to hear your perspective on it from our model of of how we look at identity, you know, uh, here at PK Coaching and Radical Resilience and from that perspective so many people get overly identified with the external ways that we define ourselves, our role as a parent or our role as a partner, wife, husband, we get overly identified Mm -hmm. with our role as, you know, um, whomever we may be in our family, a son, so on and so forth. And a daughter, what happens is we lose sight of who we actually are, you know, in the essence of who we are. And then when those very, Fragile, impermanent, transitory things shift and change, we find ourselves without an identity. So, you know, if the only way that you identify yourself in the world is as a mother, what do you do when your kids graduate? If the only way that you identify yourself in the mm-hmm. world is somebody's wife, what happens if you get a divorce? If the only way you identify yourself in the world is your a particular career path, what happens when the company changes or goes under and now that job is no longer, right? And so what I love about your perspective is that you can create that. You can create who it is that you want to be and look at who it is that you identify yourself as right now and become the creative architect of who you are becoming. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. So, what inspired the book?
1: Kind of an inspiration that spans a few years and a few different um, happenings in my life, I would say. So, um, the big part is that I've always, you know, wanted my own business, um, just to be successful and to be kind of in control of my own life. You know, be the be the guy that's brunching with the family on Sunday, got the nice house, the car, and then in my early twenties, I kept striving for that. Um, But I kept failing. Basically, what I was realizing was that who I thought I was and what I thought I wanted wasn't lining up with who I actually was in my heart and in my soul. And so part of it was realizing that what I was doing wasn't working and that what I believed wasn't true. And so I had to go out and A, figure out how to find out just like who I am actually, Mm -hmm. like what my real true core operating beliefs are and then go from there. That next step was, I'd remembered a story somebody told me in college-ish, I believe, about their friend that graduated college, sold all of his belongings, hopped on a bus with just the clothes on his back and a little backpack of stuff to get him there. And I think he went to Baltimore or Washington, D.C., something like that, and literally gave away everything except for the clothes on his back um, to prove that He could start over from nothing and make it to be successful from the streets to success. And I kind of looked at the deeper psychological things that would happen with that and decided that just being on your own and truly coming from a place of nothing, you'd be able to strip away all of the preconceived notions and ideas that you have about how you're supposed to be living your life. And then also moving to a different place where you can take out of your life the daily expectations that other people hold for you to be the person that they expect you to be in their lives, which I think is the most important part so that I could truly come to a place where I can figure out who I actually am and what my day-to-day operating behaviors were so that then I could figure out how to become this person that I've always dreamed of becoming based upon what my actual core root values are. So that's kind of where the book came from. As I started figuring it out more came like the later parts about um, how to keep myself motivated and um, working through the dirt and coming out the other side. But I would definitely say that that's kind of my motivation for where the idea from the book came from.
0: What I'm hearing is, a, is really a story of resilience because you realized that your life wasn't working, which is the, a very common narrative. For people, whether they go through a, a big life change and everything gets turned upside down for them, or they just come to some existential crisis and go, huh, something is off. And what I really heard inside of what you said was that you felt incongruent. There was a this sense you had that what you were doing in your life and who you were being was not congruent with these core beliefs that you had. And at the time you didn't even know what those core beliefs were, but that you just felt incongruent. And so you sought out to really discover the more essential aspect of yourself, those core beliefs, those core values and to create a life that aligned with who you actually are. And came out the other side with greater clarity, a greater sense of purpose. And now what you're doing lines up, right? So you're living a life that is in greater alignment with who you are. Does that seem like I got it?
1: That is 100% spot on.
0: (laughs) That is really what we're all looking to do in some form or fashion is to live our lives in greater alignment with who we actually are. So, you know, Talk to us about that journey of self-discovery.
1: It all kind of fell apart one day. Well, over a month. I had two businesses and I was a head bartender and a manager at a local bar making great money. And then within the course of one month, I had to move twice. I moved out of an apartment I was in in downtown Denver do a house with friends. And then like a week later, we found black mold in the basement. So we had to move out again. And then I moved into a one bedroom. And then I'd also gone on vacation that month because my mom was getting remarried. So just completely obliterated bank accounts. And then within the next uh, few weeks span, I shut down one business because we lost a bunch of money on it right away because it was a digital ads based business and we didn't do our calculations right. So that just kind of got shut down. It's supposed to be temporary, turned out to be permanent. I closed another business because I just hated it. It was a web development business and building websites was just horrible at the time. Um, And then also got fired from my job because they were cleaning house and slowly firing all of the mails. So all within basically a month, I would spent all my money and all my energy and lost all of my businesses and jobs. And then from there, basically the next couple years I spent fighting to get it back but I wasn't really giving it everything I had because I think a big part of me didn't want to live the way I was living before Um, so I think I was just kind of in a state of limbo and then randomly my mom and her new husband moved to California and so I went out to visit and then the first time ever on the Pacific Ocean we went on a hike and I was just sitting there and for the first time in I think my life unless I was playing sports or doing something else where I was in the flow, I felt at peace and my brain actually felt quiet. And then they made the comment, they're like, move to California. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to. And then I ended up in San Diego and just let myself kind of be by myself for a few years. I worked minimum wage jobs, security, bartender, um, wasn't really starting any businesses. Um, I always still had that itch. Um, That never goes away if you're an entrepreneur. You know, never really got into anything. And then now it's been six years here in San Diego, um, I guess, finding my purpose. Um, And then I feel like only just a few months ago has it really all started to come together. Um, But I think the most important thing that I did for myself was that I didn't try and force anything. I just tried everything that came in front of me and said, is this something that I like? Is this something that I feel good about? Is this something that feels like it's contributing to my life in a way that it will take me to where I want to go? If the answer was no, I stopped doing it. If the answer was yes, I would dive in a little bit deeper. And slowly over the years, I both completely broke myself down mentally and physically, just let myself kind of come from a place of um, just almost being just like a blob of a human and just then now completely reshaping myself into who I want to be and kind of focusing on my strengths and what I'm good at and just kind of naturally letting those happen and progress while obviously still trying to improve my weaknesses, but really just letting myself be who I am and just giving myself a chance to sit in my own presence for a few years and just listen to myself. And I think that was definitely the most important thing that I could have ever done. And I know that that's probably something that a lot of people don't have the luxury of being able to do. As I was a young, single white male in America, living by myself in a house by the beach, I feel like I'm very lucky in that. I didn't have any expectations from people. But that's just kind of what I did.
0: But here's the beauty of that. What I heard was you allowed yourself to be present with yourself for a few years without trying to force it, without trying to uh, maneuver it. You just allowed yourself to be. And that is a rare thing in our Western culture. It's not a gift we give ourselves very often. The ability uh, or the willingness, I should say, to be still and just to be with ourselves for a while, to really learn what are the things that we enjoy, what are our strengths, what are the things that turn us on, if you will. I think so often we're in such a hurry to acquire, achieve, do that we don't even take the time to really ask ourselves, what is it that I really want? What is it that I really enjoy? And what's available, I think, regardless of what your life circumstances are, even if you are somebody who has responsibilities to other people or, you know, certainly uh, bills to pay. So that's really what I heard inside of what you said was you gave yourself the gift of stillness and presence to allow your purpose and who you really are to surface.
1: I would have to say that that is a very good summation of it. Um, I, I don't think I knew what was going to come with me doing that. I feel like I just knew that it's what I needed was just, you know, like I still had my jobs and had to pay my bills and eat, like you said, I've bought four pieces of clothing for myself in the last couple of years. Like I've been living minimally, like the TV that I have was given to me by somebody. Like if it wasn't for my business, I haven't spent money on myself, but just living minimally kind of letting the universe happen around me. It taught me. An amazing amount about how it all works and how interconnected it is. Uh, I wish I knew what drove me to the silence. I wonder, maybe in your experience um, and with the conversations you've had with people, you see like is this kind of is that kind of like a common thing? Is that something that a lot of people look for?
0: Well, so what I hear, you know, in what you're in what in the story you told was a common theme of kind of being brought to your knees, if you will. Life, right? So, a lot of times these moments of massive transformation are born of moments of great turmoil and where we are left with no other alternative than to simply throw our hands up and surrender. If you really truly do surrender, what can happen is all of the structures that you used to hold up your life can fall away all of your strategies for how it was that you were operating in the world often fall away. Some call this the dark night of the soul. And when you're brought to your knees to that degree, and I've been there, you're almost forced into a sort of presence because that's all there is. You've got you and you've got the God of your understanding, even if that's just nature for you. And that's it. What it takes, I think, for some people to surrender to that level of presence is being brought to their knees.
1: One of the things that I'm really trying to come down on recently is how do I make this a book that's more for everybody? Like what what is your experience with helping people find their own strength when they're not backed into a corner?
0: There's both ends of the spectrum, right? So there's people who are brought to their knees and they're in that dark night of the soul and it creates that forced presence. And then there are people who seemingly have it all, right? By by how we define success, you know, here in the West. So they have all the things, but they're living an empty existence. You know, it, it, there's a book out there called the Iago trance, which is all about just going through the motions of life, um, clocking in and out, as you said, and um, waking up one day finally and saying, "There's got to be something more." And so. Whether your existential crisis comes because your life blew up or you blew up your life and now you're on your knees, or the existential crisis comes because you wake up one day and you go, I'm not really sure what this is all about and what I'm doing. Either way, you end up in the same space of questioning, right? And that's really what it's about. It's it's our ability to question everything That we've Mm -hmm. known to be true for ourselves that maybe wasn't really our truth, but the truth that we just decided to subscribe to because it's what society told us what was right, or it's what our families told us were right for us. And so to your point, how do we make this about everybody? Well, this is a universal inquiry, whether someone... Wakes up to it or not, you know, is really sort of dependent on them, right? Because people can walk around in that Iago trance asleep for most of their lives and maybe never wake up in this lifetime. And that's just their path, right? But I think for the people who are going to ultimately find their way to your book, it's going to be a universal experience to seek to claim their sense of purpose whether or not they've been brought to their knees because they wouldn't have picked up your book if life was exactly as they wanted it to be anyway, is how I look at it.
1: That is such a good point.
0: So, you know, we can look at that moment of reckoning when you're brought to your knees and we can choose to look at that as, man, that sucks. Or we can look at it as what it is, which is, no, I woke up. I woke up and realized when it all went away, I didn't have legs to stand on because I didn't know who I was. So if you're having a moment of reckoning in the midst of, oh, I have it all, cool. you know. But still ask yourself, who would I be if all of this went away? And that's why the premise of your book really spoke to me and I wanted to have you on as a guest is because I think that inquiry of what's my purpose and who do I want to be in the world? is a question that if more of us asked that, we would be living more fulfilled lives.
1: I couldn't agree more. So kind of touching on the, what would people have if they lost everything? Um, that's comes back to the title, Create Your Purpose. The need for people to understand their place in their community as societal creatures, and that you need to have your purpose. I mean, it's such a Open term like purpose. Um, You can have a purpose for going to the grocery store. You can have a purpose for wearing one shirt over another to an interview. But the real purpose that I'm talking about is the purpose that you give yourself every day when you wake up. Um, So there's a phenomenal book that I read once that really kind of opened up my eyes into starting to understand more about um, kind of hacking the human brain and motivating yourself. Um, It's called Drive by Daniel Pink. The biggest thing about this book was that it just breaks down all of the ways to motivate the human brain um, and numbers, statistics, um, studies done on what actually works to motivate people. Um, and obviously, this is a business oriented book, so it's kind of about managers leading people. But the biggest things that they discovered were that the best way to motivate people to work harder is to let them A decide that they want to do that project on their own and then B um, feelings of accomplishment after completing tasks. So they discover like money, gifts, rewards, all of that, up until the point of basically just a base comfort level, which at the time of the book was about 70K a year income. Like you can afford a roof over your head, car, food, gas, clothing maybe like a vacation, like it taps out on um, the motivation. And then after that, that stuff will actually have a negative motivation on the human brain. The only thing that really truly works is feelings of accomplishment that you did something to progress your life and the world around you.
0: Well, and really what we're talking about there is feeling like you were of contribution in some way. And to your point, you know, being societal creatures that you were of contribution to your community in some way.
1: If you can kind of just create yourself as your own community and think of it that way and then start motivating yourself to accomplish tasks for yourself, to move your own life forward. And then that's when you really start to create your own purpose. And then from there, the purpose that you give yourself will give yourself purpose in the community around
0: you. So I just want to ask, because, you know, your journey has been one that many of our listeners can relate to, um, just in terms of really kind of being stripped down to very little and then building yourself back up again slowly. What were some of the practices that you did that were the most useful for you and that you feel like really fortified you and make you more resilient?
1: The most important thing that I did was I allowed people that needed to be into my life to come into my life. And that kind of comes back to the just listening to the, does this feel right? Does this not feel right? Part of my soul, my spirit, whatever you want to call it, when it came to networking and meeting people. So when I needed to do a lot of mental work, spiritual work, and kind of align my uh, energy, my chi, I guess, I found myself hanging out with a lot of yogis and lightworkers and energy healers. And some of it was more effective than others for me, but all of it had the same base effect of teaching me how to look inward at myself, no matter what the practice was, the um, title that they gave themselves. All of it came back to just the practice of looking inward and listening to yourself. Um, and then after that, um, it came time to heal my body. Um, I I haven't mentioned yet, but I had a series of sports injuries that just compounded over the years. And so then a lot of personal trainers and yoga instructors again um, just kind of naturally started surrounding me. And so through all of this, just kind of listening to the yes and no's daily of who and what I should be doing and surrounding myself with, I found that what you need and what you ask for in life always comes to you. And that is kind of the lesson that I learned over the few years of discovering my path and walking my path was that everything that I need always comes to me in the time that it needs to come to me. No sooner, no later.
0: So again, like recap what I heard you say, because there's some themes in there, right? So you talked about allowing. So just allowing people to come into your life that, that needed to be there for you allowing yourself to follow your intuition when there were certain practices that you were curious to try so really being in the flow and allowing things to come to you again as really a lot of our listeners are are ambitious and driven and you know career focused people that idea of allowing can feel a little bit nerve-wracking like what do you mean I just have to like allow things to come to me I don't have to, I I shouldn't go out there and get it it's like No, there's so much magic when you are in that space of surrender. And the other thing, you know, being healing the body and just really taking the time to pay attention to what the body needed. And again, allowing the people that were going to help with that process to come in. So I just, I love what you had to say about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, you just really hit it on the head right there. It's such a heavy topic to talk about with a lot of people because it goes so against our western culture of success and how to attain it um like you know american culture is wake up every day decide who you want to beat so that you can be the victor um like it's just head to head all day every day like who can i be better than um how fast can i get there and then just kind of learning that what i need is going to be there when i need it and to just not listen to the fear caused by the time constraints of how fast our society moves and trusting that what i need is going to be there i mean i can't tell you how many times when i needed something it arrived i needed fifteen hundred dollars for rent the next day and then somebody would call and be like i have a video production job for you cool how much your budget fifteen hundred dollars crazy can you write a check today yes i can like that type of stuff happens to me so many times that it's impossible to ignore As pure coincidence,
0: you are really in that vibration of allowing. So, Greg, I know we could go on and on and probably do this for hours, and I hope we do someday. And certainly, it would be great to have you back on the show when the book is complete and you've published um, so that uh, folks can get their hands on it. But I wanted to have you on the show as it's in its creation phase because I think there's some real beauty in in exploring this conversation as you are creating it, as you're creating the book. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insights and your perspectives and being the first male voice on the podcast. It's been awesome to have you. We'd love to have you back. How can our listeners get in touch with you? I will certainly put it in the show notes.
1: I am the gentleman gorilla on everything. So that is the gentleman, M-A-N, gorilla. Um, That's my website, my social media, my YouTube channel, and my YouTube channel is where I post a lot of my podcasts. I'm also distributing through Anchor, so I'm on Spotify and Anchor and iTunes and everywhere that they put me.
0: Thank you, Greg. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. It's always a a pleasure to uh, be in the conversation with you. Um, We'll be back next week with another amazing guest on Radical Resilience, the podcast for now. From my heart to yours, with so much love, light, and aloha, namaste. I'm Pega Cadcodian. Thank you for listening to Radical Resilience, the podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Be sure to go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and rate. And remember to share this with all the amazing women in your life. Join us next week for another episode of Radical Resilience, the podcast.